So welcome all. Uh, I'm your Clive Anchor. I teach here. Uh, I uh, will my research report in time. Um, it's, a, uh, it's an incredible honor and pleasure uh, to have the benefit of the insight and wisdom of Justice Hanan Meltzer of uh, the Israeli Supreme Court. Uh, Justice Meltzer started as an academic, as a lecturer, uh, had a, 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 a major um, um, practice as a practitioner, uh, and has been a, a, a Justice of the Supreme Court and now the Deputy President of the Supreme Court of Israel. Um, he is also, uh, for the last uh, uh, two and a half years, uh, the uh, Chairman of Israel's Central Election Commission, which runs very differently, but as a practical matter, <clears throat> meant that he ran as, a, as an administrator, a major election uh, uh, organization system. He uh, was the, for all practical, no, all practical, he was the sole legal decider on questions of election law as things rolled out. And as we'll hear today, uh, uh, Israel, which went through two election cycles in 2019, really uh, saw everything we saw in our election cycles, and then some and much that we will likely see in the next few years. And to have someone who was in the thick of it, to have someone who, as we'll hear, had the judicial uh, courage to uh, face uh, a very powerful prime minister and a very powerful governing party and not always hold for them. Um, is, a, is an inspiration and a symbol to us here doing law and thinking about the possibility of law offering a genuinely independent check on political systems. So uh, we're enormously grateful that you made the trip and are willing to speak to us and, and help us learn uh, uh, to see a little bit into our own future through your recent past. And uh, commenting <coughs> on Justice Meltzer's a, a proposal and, and embellishing it, we have uh, Professor Nivaeli Tricorin from uh, Haifa University, who uh, uh, the former dean, one of the uh, leading uh, uh, technology and law uh, people uh, I know and we all know, and um, uh, who will give a little bit more background and detail on, on this whole system, and then we'll open up for, for conversation. So again, Professor Benkler, distinguished participants, and esteemed guests, it is my honor to be here today and to speak to you. And I thank you very much for the invitation and for the attendance. I'd, I'd. I decided to dedicate this lecture today in the memory of Chief Justice Mayor Shamgar, who passed away on last Friday, and his funeral was held yesterday. Ob obviously, I could not attend, but I cherished his legacy. He was a legal giant and the master 
of national security law, which is connected to the issues that we will discuss today. So let's go and we cherish his memory. Now, before I start my lecture, I have a warning point. I, whatever I say here is uh, not as a representative of the Supreme Court or of the Central Election Committee. Uh, and as a matter of fact, whatever I'll tell you is not necessarily even binding me. And, <laughs> and I'll tell you a story about that, a real story. When before I was uh, Justice of the Supreme Court, I had the law firm and I argued many cases before the Supreme Court. And once I had uh, a court case and it was before the uh, Chief Justice Aaron Barak. And I told our, my client that we are going hopefully to win the case because I found an article of Professor Aaron Barak when he was in academia and I based my uh, argument on his article and his article really was in our favor. And then we came to, before the court and Professor Barak, who read all the written do, uh, <coughs> uh, material that I presented to him, said, you know, you quote a, lo a lot uh, paragraphs of my article. I wrote it about 15 years ago and in the meantime, I have changed my mind. <laughs> you know, you can understand that, you know, I lost all the blood and went from my head to my feet. And then he made a, 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 another statement. He said, you have the chance to persuade me that my, uh, my pre previous understanding of the matter was right and not my uh, existing uh, view. So, uh, so really I tried and, success and successfully I succeeded, but uh, you have to understand that if any issue will come before me and a new argument that I didn't think about will come up, I'm not by, bound by my own uh, ideas here. Now, uh, as a matter of fact, in 2019, about 50% of the democratic world and the quasi-democratic world went for elections. Just take India, which is more than one billion people, uh, Canada, that we had elections at the end uh, of this weekend, uh, uh, Brazil, all the European countries for the European Parliament, and Switzerland last week, and in Israel twice. And as you know, uh, in Israel, uh, uh, the, the first uh, elections which were held at, uh, on April, uh, were held on April because the Prime Minister decided to call for early elections. And then he couldn't form the government, so he, he called for another election. 
So we had two election campaigns and election, elections in Israel just in 2019. Now I have to tell you that due to the fact that in 2019 there was, okay, sorry, that due to the fact that in 2019, if you don't hear, I, I will speak up. Uh, uh, we had two elections, but the first one was in April. In all those issues that I speak today about, uh, we were probably the first one to have those elections, and that is why all the world looked at what is going on on our issues in Israel, and from then, and whatever we did was a precedent for other countries in the world. So uh, it just, just happened like that. Now, uh, as I see here, many familiar faces uh, in the closed session that we had from the morning, uh, I have had to explain the elect electoral system in Israel. But I see that there are many, many Israelis here. So uh, I don't have to, uh, to uh, describe the Israeli election system in Israel. And besides that, Professor Benkler has asked me to go right into the uh, examples that I, uh, I, uh, <coughs> I uh, talked about in the closed session. So your request is my command. And I'll go uh, just to the, to the point. And I'll try to uh, describe you uh, part of my uh, experience in handling two election uh, campaigns in Israel. By the way, it's a precedent that uh, a Supreme Court justice is handling two uh, election campaigns, but because there was such a small uh, difference in time between the one election and the other one, I was re-elected by the justices of the Supreme Court to run the second, uh, uh, the second elections as well as the first one. And I declared after the elections that if there'll be a third round, I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> so everyone has to know when to retire. So I made that declaration. Now what I'll do, I'll try to describe you four decisions of uh, uh, of uh, me in my capacity as uh, the chairman of the uh, Central Election Committee of Israel. And as a matter of fact, you have to understand, as a chairman of the Central Election Committee, I have three basic functions. One is to be the, let's say, the chairman of the committee and it was decided by the founding fathers when the state of Israel was established that uh, the uh, Supreme Court justice who will be chosen by all members of the Supreme Court will chair the, election, the Central Election Committee due to the fact that uh, they, the founding fathers couldn't, uh, couldn't agree on any other person to chair uh, that election, central election committee, and so it goes on from the moment the state of Israel was established in 1948. 
So the first uh, function is to be the chairman uh, of the uh, Central Election Committee and in this capacity I, I have to, uh, to I'm, I'm functioning as the chairman of a board and the board is the, the, uh, the, the committee which is composed of uh, 34 representatives of all existing parties in the uh, uh, Knesset. Then, uh, and uh, I have also uh, a CEO and a very small staff that uh, regularly uh, is composed of about 30 people, but once uh, elections are declared, it goes up, and at the end, at the day of the elections, we employ altogether 100,000 people. You have to understand 100,000 people, if you compare it to any other uh, action, there is not any other action in the, so, in, so huge in the civil uh, life of Israel, and you just can compare it to, to the army, and uh, it's uh, very much uh, like uh, to operate about five divisions or three corps, or five, six divisions and three corps. So, and then I'm, on this function, I'm, I'm uh, uh, doing the job of the chief of staff. Now, the second, the second, uh, uh, the second function is to decide on all legal matters, and there I have to decide on those matters exclusively because all the other members of the committee are political uh, members and they are representative parties. So on those matters, I decide exclusively. Of course, uh, uh, any decision that I make uh, can be uh, attacked in the Supreme Court. And, uh, and uh, people and parties are using this possibility. I hope, uh, as a matter of fact, in, in those two uh, elections, uh, there were many petitions against me, but no, none of the petition was accepted. Again, it's a precedent because in all the previous uh, elections, the, some of the petitions were accepted. So that's another uh, precedent. Then uh, the third function, which is a new function, and uh, it is a lesson of what happened in the United States in the 2016 elections and in other places in the world, is to try to stop uh, foreign intervention and to deal with and to handle with propaganda over the, uh, over the social networks. So the third uh, function was something that never ever occurred in the past and uh, it was a new challenge that I had uh, to struggle with. Uh, now I devoted my time about 50% to the administrative functions, about 25% to the uh, judicial uh, functions and 25% to the uh, security matters. And you have to understand that at the beginning I didn't, I didn't even, uh, uh, I didn't, I couldn't even tell anyone that I'm working on the security matters. So 
I was sitting in the court as regularly, and in the late afternoons and in night, overnight, I sat with all the security and the intelligence agencies to prepare ourselves for the third mission. Just after the elections were declared, then in a mutual decision with the security agencies, we, we published a, a, a notice for the, to the public about that. Now, in any case, I'm not going to go into detail, uh, to details about the security matters from obvious reasons, but uh, what I, I will do, I'll give you, four, I'll describe four decisions of the, uh, of the two elections. One, uh, three of them are from the first uh, election campaign and the fourth one of the last election campaign. And then I'll, after you'll hear from comments from Professor Niva Elkin Koren, which helped me a lot to understand the new era of, of uh, uh, social networks and the involvement of the security uh, organization. And really, she is the expert in Israel. So I consulted many people, but uh, she helped me a lot in those matters, and I thank her uh, for that. So she will make comments, and Professor Benkler will make comments, and then it will be, I'll take you questions. I tell you right from the beginning that I'll listen to all your questions, but some of the questions I, I'm not sure I'll be able to, to answer. Not that I will not be able to answer, but you, you can understand that if you will ask me too delicate questions, I apologize that you will have to understand that I can't uh, uh, answer those questions. Okay, now I'm coming to the first case. The first case <coughs> was uh, in the first election, and there, uh, you, you have to understand, we have a propaganda law which was enacted in 1959. And it covers many, uh, many uh, topics where, which were uh, very uh, uh, innovative in, 19, in the late uh, 50s and 60s, but it doesn't cover at all the social networks. Then no one even uh, dreamt uh, about the internet. Okay, so before the elections, were declared there was an initiative in the Knesset, in the parliament, to apply the, the propaganda law of 1959 to the social networks. Uh, some of the parties uh, really uh, were willing to, to have this uh, uh, provision uh, to, to passed this provision. Some of them were neutral, but the Likud party blocked the initiative. So after the elections were, were, uh, were declared, uh, a lawyer and an NGO uh, filed a petition to me, asking me to judicially decide that the, the election, uh, the uh, <coughs> provisions of the existing law 
will apply to social networks. And in the existing law, there is a provision saying that in the period of the elections, no ad can be published anonymously, but you should, in every ad, in billboards and in the paper, newspapers, you should say who stands behind the ad. So the, the petition said that I, I should apply this, uh, uh, this uh, provision into, uh, on, the, uh, on the social networks. Now, I, I made a hearing, and as a matter of fact, uh, it was almost, uh, it, I was almost uh, ready to dismiss it because it was theoretical. There was no any, any actual uh, case before me. But then, you know, I, I say sometimes that everyone has to have, to have his luck. After the, just a day after the hearing, and uh, suddenly, on all billboards in, in Israel, there was an anonymous ad saying, uh, the, the, in the ad, there were four very famous journalists with their faces and their names saying, you, the voter, have to decide. Who will decide for you? Those four journalists or you, the, the voter? Okay? And it was published anonymously. Now, the same ad was published in the uh, social networks. Just the same ad. And then the petitioners who understood that in the hearing they didn't have any uh, hard facts to uh, base on uh, their petition, uh, asked for, uh, to correct their original uh, petition, and I, uh, I decided to have another hearing. And in this hearing, the Likud party said, had raised two arguments. First of all, they said, oh, in the meanwhile, the press tried to find out who stands behind the ads. And they found that behind the ads, uh, the Likud is, was standing. And then the Likud said in the second hearing, okay, we made a mistake. It was by mistake, it wasn't published who stands be behind the, the ads. We will leave it on the billboards with the name of the Likud, but in the social networks, we will, we will uh, in the social networks, we are allowed to go anonymously this time and in the, other, in the future uh, uh, occasions as well. Then uh, I, I heard all the arguments, and then I issued a decision saying that uh, I, I issued uh, an injunction saying that uh, this uh, special case uh, is an example of the, uh, the uh, need to apply on also on uh, social networks. Now, I gave, as a matter of fact, basically four arguments. The first one was I based my decision on uh, the theory or the principle of uh, defensive democracy. Then I, uh, I, uh, uh, I used the technique of uh, purposive interpretation. I found another 
provision that in, 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 in the 1959 law that in a purposive uh, interpretation I could apply it, uh, to such a situation. And then I use what is called the, uh, we have a law that is not used so much, it's called the uh, law for <coughs> uh, fundamentals of the Israeli law. And it says that if there is a, a question, a, a, a question comes before a court or another judicial form, and there is no answer either in law or in the precedent of the Supreme Court, you can use either analogy, and if there is no analogy, you can go to the roots of the Jewish uh, tradition and Jewish law, the ancient Jewish law. So I said, okay, there is no specific law, there is no precedent, but the analogy here is very clear because it's just the same act in uh, the billboards and in the, uh, in the uh, uh, social networks. And even if you will say that there is no analogy, I found roots in, the, uh, in a very creative manner. I, find, I found roots in the Jewish, uh, ancient Jewish law. And uh, so I, I covered myself in all alternatives. And I did it because I was afraid that uh, the Likud will uh, try to, uh, to attack my decision in the Supreme Court sitting as High Court of Justice. But they didn't. And then, uh, so we had uh, a decision that uh, was binding on all the parties. And then my friends in the academia said, okay, it's a very sophisticated and very nice decision, but you'll not be able to, to implement it. What they didn't know, that in parallel, in my administrative capacity, I spoke, or, okay, they asked me to say that I spoke with them, but as a matter of fact, I negotiated with Facebook. And I told them that in such cases, they should do something. And the reason for them to do something is their declaration to the U.S. Congress that they will apply, uh, apply, uh, let's say, uh, new techniques after what happened with Cambridge Analytica. So I called them for a meeting and I asked them to show me what are, and they would apply it not, not just in the United States, but all over the world. So I called them for a meeting. They came over from the United States, very high-ranked officials of Facebook. And then at the beginning, they were very polite, but not responsive. And then uh, I, tell them, I told them that there is another alternative, that if such a case would arise, will go by the legal path. And I don't know whether it's, it's advisable from their point of view. Okay, so they took another, they asked for several days to think it over, and then they came with a proposed solution saying that they are willing to apply their procedure of notice and take down on such matters. 
And then I said, okay, I, I really appreciate uh, your declaration, but it's not enough. Why it's not enough? What will happen if someone will give a notice and you will not decide to take it down? So they asked me, okay, what you ask us uh, for? So I said, if such a person or, per or a party will use the procedure of notice and take down and you will refuse to take it down, then he can make a petition to the, our committee, to me, and if I will issue an injunction, you will have to, buy, to, to adhere to it. Took another several days, and then they said, okay, we agree. And from then on, uh, I must tell you that at the beginning, it, as I told you, they were not so responsive, but after those two weeks of, they said, they called it talks. And after that, again, it's not an agreement, but understanding, it went very well. And you have to understand that after that decision and uh, the procedure of, of, uh, <coughs> of notice and takedown, and in some cases, uh, appeal that was uh, before me, about 70% of the anon anonymous uh, material in the networks went down. Here I have to, to emphasize another, uh, another point. The, our security organizations allowed me to put in the decision a provision saying that it will be much easier for them to monitor the possibility of foreign interference if, if uh, no local party will use anonymous uh, advertisement or any uh, anonymous uh, publication. So I put it in, in with their permission in the decision. And as I tell you, it was a success because then we, all the uh, security organizations could deal with other, the other 30% and with uh, some of the local parties or local initiatives were, that didn't adhere to the decision. But it made it much, much easier. After I, uh, I spoke with Facebook, I went to Google and I went to Twitter and I made, that I, I, they came to a similar understanding with them as well. So we covered most of the uh, social networks. Not all of them, but most of them. Uh, the major ones. Uh, so that was the first decision that I wanted to, to describe to you. That just afterwards, we had another petition. You know, the problem, and, and again, here I want to add something to the students who are familiar with uh, US uh, legal uh, uh, work on, on those matters. I didn't know at that time that a very similar uh, idea was introduced by the late Senator John McCain 
in, in what is uh, uh, known as the Honest Ads Act. But it, again, it, it didn't become, it, just, it was just a proposal. He, he made the proposal with two other senators. And I, at that time, I thought that I invented something. But then I, I didn't know that such a thing uh, was being proposed in the United States. Afterwards, uh, I read the book of Professor Benkler, and he mentioned that there. So I said, I saw that I wasn't the first one in the world to think about such an idea. But still, uh, I was the first one to, to, to issue su such an injunction, because again, the, the law or the act that uh, the late jo uh, Senator John uh, uh, McCain proposed didn't become a law in the United States. Okay, now I'm coming to the second case. The second case was, came before me just after the first one, and the facts were like that. Uh, the, one of the parties, a small party, then it was a small party, Israel Beitenu, who, who, then it was a small party. They said that uh, over the cellular phones, uh, a poll is being uh, distributed. And you have to understand, regularly, polls are being distributed to 1,000 or 2,000 people who have to answer or are being asked to answer. In this case, about 50,000, 50,000 people got the, the the proposed or the uh, the poll, which was anonymous, and the 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 main thing was it was anonymous, and in the in the possibilities to answer the the, the poll, the the this party Israel Beitenu was not included, and then they said first of all it's first of all it is. Uh, it, is against, <coughs> it is against your decision because it is anonymous. Secondly, the idea, and to send it to 40,000 or 50,000 people, the idea, the main idea is to, uh, and it was targeted to people who the in initiative was targeted to those people who thought whether to vote for Israel Britain or not. And once not including the, uh, this party in the poll gives a hint that it, as if they were not past the, uh, you know, the threshold of 3.25% of the vote, which give you uh, the, the chance to, to go into the parliament. Okay, I issued immediately, immediately uh, an injunction, but then Israel Beiteno said it's not enough. We want to know who, stand, who stood beyond this poll. And I made another hearing. And then, you have to understand, it was with cellular companies. And according to the cellular, uh, to the, uh, the cellular companies in Israel have license. And they are not allowed to, they are not allowed to permit <coughs> anonymous, uh, according to their license, anonymous uh, uh, distribution of messages. So, and if they breach or infringe this provision in the license, they could 
lose their license, but that is not enough. If they, they act according to the license, they have an immunity which is similar to paragraph 230 of the American Communication Decency Act. So I told them, you should tell us who stood beyond the, the pole. And then they understood that they might lose their license and they might lose the, their immunity. So they said, okay, we are willing to, to disclose. And they asked the, 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 the one that has initiated it and he said, okay, uh, I don't have any, uh, any way to uh, not to disclose it. And he gave, I don't know why, but he gave his uh, acceptance to, uh, to the disclosure. But then, probably that was the reason, it was the first year. As a matter of fact, it took another two years to come to the, the, the original initial term. And at, at the end of the day, you wouldn't believe who was standing before, uh, uh, behind this uh, uh, message and the, the poll. It was one of the parties that I don't want to you know, to, uh, to comment on that, but was one of the parties that really they claim to fame is their, uh, their cleanest uh, way of doing politics. Uh, and that was the fact. Okay, so that was the second uh, case. The third case was, never mind, afterwards I'll tell you because you're so interested. Uh, the Israelis are interested, but that was the case. The, the third case came before me after uh, a joint venture of, between the New York Times and, uh, and uh, the, the most popular uh, newspaper in Israel, Idiot Achronot. And it was a piece of, uh, 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 of uh, investigator, investigatory uh, <coughs> journalist investigation, and they said that the Likud is uh, behind a netbot, and it, the whole, uh, the whole uh, investigation, the whole article was called the Big Bot uh, Network. Okay, as a matter of fact, uh, it wasn't. By the way, it wasn't uh, a bot at all. It was, uh, uh, how do you call it, a soft puppet. Uh, soft puppet? Okay, that uh, there were really uh, real people who didn't disclose their names. And immediately after the publication of that piece in the papers, the, one of the big parties, Kaholavan, uh, which today uh, their leader got the uh, formal mandate to try to, to uh, form a government, uh, they filed a petition without adding anything to what was in the paper, but just giving me the article and asking me to, to, uh, to issue a, a, an injunction because it was 
they had to claim principle because it was uh, anonymous. Uh, the, the network was anonymous in a way, and they claimed that there was a conspiracy. Here, they didn't add anything to what was in the papers, and, in, and beside that, uh, you know, the, uh, to, to base a legal action on what is written in the paper, it's, it's also a problem. So in that case, I decided in favor of the Likud, saying that uh, uh, in, in, uh, they, they, couldn't, they didn't establish a conspiracy. And that is very similar to what, uh, to what uh, uh, justice, uh, not justice, uh, the Mueller uh, uh, report said about what happened in the United States that no conspiracy had been proven in the level that is needed for uh, legal action. Uh, however, I quoted the, uh, uh, a verse from uh, the prophet Amos saying, can two walk together except they agreed? Be agreed, and but but uh, still they couldn't prove more than they they couldn't prove what they claimed. So I dismissed the case. The fourth uh, decision was uh, in the uh, uh, in the last elections, and uh, here uh, there was the uh, the uh, you know the, we we have a provision in the existing law saying in the, that in the last three days before the elections, no polls should be published in any media and by any party. Now, the Likud and the Prime Minister Netanyahu, they used chatbot. And in this chatbot, uh, and the chatbot uh, was activated by Facebook Messenger, and in uh, and in those, it was in within the three days, and in they published in this uh, chatbot uh, a poll saying that the Likud is going to lose the elections, and the liberals and the leftists, as they uh, called it, are going to win. So they call all Likud supporters to go and to vote. Now, they put in the, uh, in the board uh, the, the, the poll that they, uh, uh, that they wanted everybody to see. And it was in within those three days. So a day before the elections, a petition was filed to me. And I gave at the night at 10 o'clock PM, and, and uh, interlocked in <coughs> inter, uh, injunction telling them that they should uh, take down this uh, uh, this publication up to seven o'clock in the morning the day of the election and I issued the injunction against uh, the Likud and against Facebook then due to the fact that we got after what I described before, good connections on, with Facebook. Facebook called my legal department saying that they think that there was a mistake that I issued the 
injunction against them as well. And then I, I told the, I told the, uh, my legal department that if they have any problem, they should uh, file a, a petition to me. I'm not going to speak with them informally on this matter. So in the morning, uh, they filed a, a petition and asking me to, uh, to correct the decision, uh, uh, saying that it was probably I issued the injunction against them by mistake. Beside that, the Likud has, have issued an, uh, a response, and they have raised two, two uh, arguments. One was that it's not a poll, it's a fake poll. So if it's a fake poll, it's not a poll. And, and the second argument was, uh, the second argument was that uh, that they are willing, they understand that if the first argument will not be accepted, they are willing to pay to pay a fine, according to a to contempt of court. But uh, uh, and they are willing to to pay fine, a fine, and even a very huge fine. Okay. And then uh, I, uh, uh, while I'm still, the injunction was in force. And then while I'm considering and uh, writing the, it was in the, you have to understand, in the election day, while I was uh, uh, writing the decision, Suddenly, the, my, <coughs> uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the representative of the Likud in the election committee came over and said, uh, we have uh, an idea. And, and uh, then I said, okay, you have to, again, you have to put it down. And then uh, Facebook came to me as well, and they said that the Prime Minister and the Likud are saying that they are willing to take it down, but there is a problem. They cannot differ between the illegal uh, publication of the poll to the legal uh, matter that is allowed to be published on the uh, <coughs> board chat. So I said, if that is the case, just take down the whole, <laughs> the whole, uh, the whole budget. And then I asked the Facebook if they are willing to get a decision or they want to to withdraw their their uh, uh, their uh, petition to change my decision. And then they said, okay, now. We will do it by our by uh, by our uh, our initiative, and then suddenly the Likud found a way to differ between the polls and the uh, and that were <coughs> illegal published and the other material. In the meanwhile, the the bot was down for three hours, and then when the Likud uh, made the undertaking. Uh, that they will uh, uh, differ and will take out the poll out of their chat. 
then the Prime Minister uh, made an interview saying that he doesn't understand why I decided as I decided, because he was willing to pay a very high fine in contempt of court, and how I dare to put their, uh, their, uh, their <coughs> uh, boat down uh, in the, the day of the elections. Uh, so then uh, it wasn't allowed to make any interview at the day of the election. So I said, now you have to add another provision in your undertaking that you will not make any interviews anymore. And they accepted. And then I was willing to, to allow them to put the bot uh, up again. But then Facebook said, OK, we, are, we have to get direction from the United States whether to put it up again. So it took another hour. And then I, they came to me and asked for a formal decision. I gave a formal decision. And then the boat went up. And there were no more interviews and no more polls. Uh, those are the four decisions that I wanted to describe to you. And I want to, to say at the end, before opening to, to comments and questions, that as you see, uh, in this case, in, this, in those matters, uh, the light onto the nations came from Jerusalem. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, um, as as Neva comes up and is and is uh, preparing to, to uh, uh, speak, um, uh, just in case you didn't notice uh, through the extremely mild manner with which the justice presented, he described the situation where he pushed back and forth between his administrative capacity and his judicial capacity to reach an accommodation with Facebook and then Google and Twitter to do informal, unordered implementation of what are essentially ordered. He threatened to take away uh, um, uh, immunity from the cell companies if they didn't reveal enough to allow to have enforcement against individuals. And he ended up enjoining the sitting prime minister from using a chatbot over Facebook Messenger and target them. So, so there's a, each of these three could occupy a seminar of controversial relations between private and public, between judicial and administrative. Let's not forget them. Uh, uh, and Niva, let's uh, hear from you more about what, what we are learning from this uh, election system. So, um, we're learning that <laughs> about the virtues of law, but also the, you know, what, what can happen at the shadow of law. And uh, I think that uh, this is a story about what is happening when the law or the politicians, the legislators, uh, cannot regulate uh, politics and elections before they're involved and they engage in it. And uh, I think that uh, the question for me, I think that should be the question for us, is uh, what does it take to save our democracy in our elections uh, when uh, the politicians are not functioning? And I would say that it takes a village. And the village is made of the judiciary 
and the social media and the media and civil society. And I'd like to do uh, to show you that uh, really briefly by going back to the stories that we, we, we heard about and just flesh out some of the functions of each of the players in each of these stories, or at least in three stories, three of the stories uh, that we just heard. So in the, in the first one, uh, it took uh, courageous justice to take this decision that would apply uh, uh, the law uh, of the elections to the social media. Um, arena, but then it also took some work from civil society, the media, and also social media. So we've heard about the collaboration by social media that they undertook upon themselves to collaborate and to take down. Uh, but there were other players here as well. So one of the players was civil society. So we had groups of people uh, working with, you know, uh, collaboration, coalition of NGOs. That were actually uh, looking for uh, a bot to own the public, to report bots, uh, reporting them, tracking them, going to social media and asking social media to take them down. Uh, some of these uh, uh, bots uh, were, were actually bots, some we've heard were actually uh, uh, real people. Uh, and what was really interesting here is that the
we had uh, a story that it actually did not involve uh, the judiciary. So we had like social media, civil society, and the media when our prime minister actually reported uh, hate, uh, was uh, um, sharing hate speech um, online, and his chatbot was uh, actually blocked by Facebook uh, because this was a violation of Facebook community guidelines. And that's an, an interesting story that actually did not involve the judiciary, uh, but involved uh, other courageous people in civil society. So here you have, those of you interested in the story, it is documented here, you can just, uh, um, you know, this is like 10 pages uh, that are actually describing, that is actually describing what was happening here. But here you had uh, an activist lawyer and an activist uh, media uh, scholar. Um, and Anadhan uh, David was actually studying uh, the way in which the bot, the, the chatbot, was actually working online and that was doing something that was really interesting. And so taking the voters list, which you get from the <coughs> elections committee, all the parties get the voters uh, list, using social media, in this case Facebook, through advertising, in order to classify that group of, you know, the, the list of the voters, with those who are for us and those who are against us, you know, who is going to vote for us. So the chatbot would do some games in the beginning and then engage people in a lot of activities. And at one point, it would ask, are you going to vote for me? Uh, I'm the prime minister. And, and so uh, enabling this type of classification and then using the chatbot in order to activate the, the group of supporters um, um, and, and, uh, and actually recruiting them to engage more and more people in this type of uh, debate. This was something that was happening using the, uh, the messenger, but the social scientist that was using a lot of fake accounts in order to this type of activity, managed to pretend to be an activist that is loyal, that is supporting uh, the Likud um, uh, party, and therefore receive that hate speech from the, um, uh, from the chatbot. The hate speech was not, you know, was not announced uh, by the media, it was not announced in television, it was only communicated through the messenger to the people who were loyal, right, and received that message. Um, this was leaked to the media, uh, public media. The media reported it, and only after it was reported by the media and created some awareness in the general public, uh, Facebook took action against this and actually blocked the chatbot for the first time for six hours. So this is a story that involved uh, social media, civil society, the uh, mass media, but no judiciary uh, intervention. <coughs> the third story that we've heard about is actually quite remarkable, right? I mean, this is like a prime minister of a country, and the chamber is being blocked on election day by a company. And 
this is a chatbot that is actually uh, uh, being used um, most intensively on elections day, election day in order to um, um, manage uh, some of the activities uh, on the ground uh, during a very critical time. And here, as we've heard, we actually had uh, again, we had, of course, the judiciary, but also some action by civil society, social media, um, and the media. And the reason is that, um, again, these type of polls only showed up, or the results of polls only showed up on the messenger communicating the polls to this selected group that was the lawyer group identified as lawyer group and showed up uh, on the screen of the Samad Ben David, the researcher uh, that was holding all these uh, fake accounts and was collecting this information. The petition was brought in by the activist lawyer and this was, uh, and it took the creativity and innovation uh, of all of these players in order to come up with this this was also perceived uh, as a political election, right? By right? the prime minister or the, um, and, and his supporters as uh, a form of stealing the elections, right? Uh, and trying to circumvent uh, the, um, uh, the fair play by actually taking an extreme action. So, um, Last thing that I want to mention before I go quickly to my uh, takeaways from this is that uh, the use of the messenger, I think, is something that is, uh, is really important and really different from, in fact, the misinformation that we've seen in the 2016 election. Uh, and that is something that uh, is, is really uh, taking us beyond misinformation and disinformation into creating a new way of governing and communicating with people uh, in a secretive way that is not uh, uh, open to the public. So what we were talking about, you know, we normally talk about public ordering on one side, right? And governments are actually working as governments, or private ordering that is something, the type of governance that is being done by uh, companies here we start to think about some sort of mass personalized ordering, and that is the ability to activate people without a lot of people, like a lot of crowds, uh, but to do that directly with each of them individually. So we don't know that we all get these directives or orders. Uh, and again, those of you who are interested in that, uh, that story is uh, posted uh, online that messenger was working, what type of orders it was giving, uh, and these were like, Yala Prime Minister, I'm ready, that was the button that you had to push uh, whenever you got a new, uh, if you wanted to get a new assignment. So what are the takeaways? Civil society, uh, we have to, um, to regain our democracy or protect our democracy, require some courageous activists, but also some innovative methodologies, such as methodologies that would 
Tinker with things that are being done by politicians using social media. Uh, and also lawyers that would actively undertake these petitions and lawsuits and bring it um, uh, to court to demonstrate the involvement of the general media, the mass media, things that were kept secret, for instance, the hate speech that was communicated to the messenger, did not get any attention before the media actually published them and created a lot of pressure on Facebook that eventually, 48 hours after it was posted, uh, blocked the sender uh, in the case uh, that did not involve the judiciary. And of course, it requires a courageous judiciary that uh, would use doctrines such as defensive democracy to defend some of the laws uh, that um, Sorry. Um, the, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, 
describe all the, the talks, but it's included. Okay, I'll, I'll just answer a very short answer. The fact that the groups in WhatsApp were limited, I have also uh, a sharing. I don't know whether you're familiar with the fact that the groups in WhatsApp were limited now, are limited now, in, especially in, in, in the election period. Okay, so you have an answer. Because I uh, 
I saw it later on, the basic uh, idea on, on the merits of the uh, initiative of the late uh, John McCain was good on, on the merits. But then you have to edit in it two more things. First of all, a time limit, and secondly, you have to find, uh, uh, let's say, judges in every state who will be agreed upon between the, first of all, the parties, and then that they will be the, the court of appeal of the decisions of the, of the uh, companies like Facebook and Google, and uh, whatever they will decide will be binding. Of course, later on, ex post facto, you, you will be able to, uh, to go to court in the bottom up uh, on the, uh, let's say, principal matters till the Supreme Court of the United States. But you have to add in this, uh, in this act, proposed act, the, the, uh, the essence is okay, but you have to, to add the, a mechanism to decide. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an answer. Uh, you, my main theme is that anonymity, anonymity over social networks should not be allowed in uh, times of uh, elections. Now, and anonymity uh, includes everything. It includes boards, it includes uh, uh, how do you call it, fake profiles and so forth. But, but that is the distinction that I made. So if all those uh, uh, anonymity uh, publications, they should not be allowed in times of, of uh, elections as long as they are connected and you can prove they are connected to any party or any candidate, or they are financed by any party or any candidate. Now, and that is one uh, condition. The other is, of course, if it is, uh, you can prove, and that uh, you should not prove it. It's the job of the security agencies. If you can prove that it is uh, made by a foreign uh, country. So that is not allowed at all. 
all the other alternatives, and even if it is a, 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 a publication that uses fake profiles and it's not connected to any party and it's not financed by any uh, party, uh, I would allow it because I don't want to go, you know, to uh, to limit too much free uh, free speech and the First Amendment uh, rules you have. In any case, it will not go through the Supreme Court of your country. So, uh, so you have to to adjust yourself to uh, to your uh, culture, your legal culture. And by the way, I am a believer of that concept in Israel as well. So there are two exceptions. One, if any such a, a publication is, uh, is made by a party or by someone or any group that is connected to a party or uh, any candidate or it is financed by them. And the second one, if it is initiated by any uh, uh, foreign government. Now, you have to improve uh, your, uh, your uh, let's say, reporting uh, procedures as far as financing, uh, let's say, elections. And you have to change the decision of, uh, of your court in uh, Citizens United. I, here I support the, the minority, not the majority. And in Israel, uh, we have laws governing those matters here, so you have to make a change in in uh, your uh, the decision of your Supreme Court. And uh, okay, I, I don't want to interfere too too much here, but I I personally uh, prefer the minority, uh, not the majority. civil society. Um, even in the present system, let alone the system that where your messenger and WhatsApp are important, um, the civil society activists you talk about are violating terms of service in order to get the information they want. Uh, they have to uh, pretend to be somebody else exactly the thing you want to get on. How um, sustainable is a strategy that depends on civil society that has to, in the case of academics, quite possibly violate research uh, ethics. In the case of how civil society actors certainly civil, uh, um, violate terms of service. Do we want that? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason is that I think that, uh, in general, I think that is true not just for election time. I think that it's true in general. I think that we should have an assumption for these types of tasks and tinkering because we need access to data and to knowledge and to algorithms that are being that are regulating us and if we're not going to have an assumption for that uh, then we're doomed. I mean 
Here, I'll answer the question with another case that came before me. Uh, as I told you, that uh, there was a, an agreed procedure of notice and takedown. And uh, in one of the cases, uh, there was uh, an allegation against one of the members of the Knesset from an Arabic uh, list, uh, and the allegation came up anonymously from Qatar. Now, he uh, used the uh, notice and takedown procedure, but from their reasons, Facebook didn't take it down. And then he uh, made a petition to me. And then I had a, also a problem because it was Qatar. So I told, uh, I made a, uh, again, uh, <coughs> and interim injunction, and I asked Facebook, who is active in Qatar, to, to tell the, the one that initiated the publication that he has the right to react on the, uh, uh, on the injunction. Of, and, but in the meanwhile, I told them to take it down, and they took it down. Immediately, five hours later, uh, he opened a new account. Okay, and then I uh, I ordered I gave I issued an, another injunction, and then I asked him again to let him know that uh, uh, something like this happened, and he had the right to react. His reaction was that he will sue me in uh, many international forms. Till now, he didn't sue me. Uh, and they took it down. And then he, he made it for the third time. And the third time, then I, I issued the third injunction. And then I told Facebook that I want them to disclose who is behind that. Then it stopped. Okay, so probably it gives you an answer. I think we have time for one more. Thank you so much for that. So I'm visiting here and from away. And actually, last week we in Georgetown University we had the pleasure of uh, hosting uh, Mr. Zuckerberg in the uh, capacity of a student club. I'm an Israeli lawyer. My name is Itai, and in uh, the capacity of the students club that we founded there, the Georgetown Tech Policy Initiative. And I asked him in, uh, in the close conversation. I asked him, so Mr. Zuckerberg, who should regulate the internet? Because right, all the questions here are about who really have 
the, uh, the ability to regulate the internet and a lot of the things about the data and sharing the algorithms. And I was fascinated by the fact that you said that you had to negotiate with them, right? Not even not in the, uh, in the common law way that we act as a, as a state. So what, what's your response? What, who you think should regulate the internet? The government or it actually should be stay the same way as today? Thank you. Okay, in the first place, I think that the government or the parliament should regulate the, as it regulates other markets, but we went too far. And now, if you want to, to get uh, effective remedies, you should talk to all those companies, but you have to make it very clear that the decision, the final decision is not theirs. So, and they understand it. And if they, un and if they understand this simple fact and then an, an injunction or other remedy is uh, uh, issued against them, then they understand it even better. So that is the way to handle such things. So, so thank you. I just, I'm still reeling from the idea that you asked Facebook to create a, an appeal process for somebody in Qatar for an Israeli decision about takedown. This is uh, sweet beyond belief. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, thank you for that kind of creativity, for the courage. We're not going to solve it all here, but thank you for taking the time to teach us, to talk to us. Um, uh, we all have a lot of learning to do together and from each other. Thank you. Thank you.